Welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket podcast, guys. We can't say thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We definitely appreciate the listen. We got a nice interview for you guys planned today. We got Derek Perry with Freedom So Hard Barbecue. And so let's just go ahead and get this guy. Hey, well, before I say, John, let's get the guy on the phone. Uh, let's call him, I think it's a brisket phone, right? Can we get the brisket phone? Brisket line one? Brisket line one. Let's the, go. The brisket hotline? I love it, John. Jesus, James, you drink some vitamins today or? I'm trying to be a little more pep, Jan. Okay. A little pep in the step. I think that was a yes. Hello, Derek. What's going on, gentlemen? Just another day in an awesome paradise. Uh, it's a cool, going to be tonight, probably in around the 50s or so. Today, high was like, I don't know, 70 maybe. Yeah, this is the nice day of the year in Houston. This is the, the one day. so lovely. That sounds a lot like uh, California right now. Okay. We're having some pretty nice weather. Nice. Nice. Uh, which part of California are you in? Uh, northern. So uh, I live in the Sierra foothills. Uh, but I work right on the cusp of the East Bay and the Central Valley. Okay. Nice. Okay. I actually grew up in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. So when you guys were, were fairly close to close to us, yeah, I'm like I don't know, an hour and a half from Sac, if that. Okay. Nice. Nice. So today we got we got Derek Perry with Freedom's. What, let me get this right. Freedom Hard. Freedom So Hard Barbecue. Right. Am I saying that correctly? It's Freedom So Hard. Yeah. I'm just, putting a, I'm just putting a barbecue at the end. Why is that so hard? I don't know why. Have at it, man. <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Derek, we appreciate you joining and talking barbecue with us. Uh, so how's uh, how's your week been? How's everything going? Uh, good, man. Just just busy. So uh, so I, I kind of have two lives. So I have my home life and uh, commute in on my Monday, and I stay in the valley during my work week, and then I go home to the mountain life on uh, the family on my weekends so uh busy week actually it's, it's getting ready to get busier oh wow i'm pretty sure i gotta go i gotta go back to work when we're done with this oh, oh man jeez that's rough jeez oh, hard. well uh i was gonna say if you got to go to work then um we probably normally i would like to tell everybody this is a drinking podcast but if you're going to be going to work probably shouldn't drink no. uh yeah yeah probably <laughs> we'll drink for you yeah we'll definitely drink hey, some please. for you yeah Please, please, please do, please do. <laughs> so, uh, in California, I, I'm not, I'm not, I've been there maybe once or twice. Um, how's the, uh, how's the, the beer scene there? How's all the different IPAs and all the different um, small craft brewers uh, just booming like crazy uh, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the beer scene in California is, is big. The craft breweries, uh, West Coast IPAs are, are big. Um, the, the whole hybrid of the, the cannabis and, and IPAs, that's that's kind of big out here. Uh, big beer scene. Uh, big I heard of that one. Sorry, cannabis and, and IPAs mix? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, we like, got to get uh, some of that. Like, like cannabis-infused IPAs, man. Holy moly. Okay. Yeah. Is that one that you uh, <laughs> will not pass a uh, drug test at work, or is it the one they're just using kind of like I think it's just a marketing gimmick scheme. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out how to smoke yeah. your beer. <laughs> right. right. Hey, yeah. we, we just smoke brisket here. Right. So. <laughs> well, I think we did an article way back. Uh, there was a company, and it might have been out in, in California, that was doing a a uh, cannabis hybrid type uh, beer. It didn't have any like THC or anything like that in there, but it just obviously it was like kind of a little marketing gab, you know go buy this and you know I I think even our HEB has like one uh, really? that says uh, cannabis on the side of it. I think. Hmm. 
right. Yeah, it's the, they got different 420s and yeah, 420 is like a damn holiday in California. <laughs> right, <laughs> a bit. Right, yeah. right. Not, yeah. as, not as much in Texas, I don't think. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't no. know. I mean, we're Houston is seven million people, so I'm pretty sure a lot of people are getting high. Yeah, I was I was talking to my daughter. Uh, she's uh, 11, 12, 13, going on 16 or whatever. So she has these these tapestries hanging in her in her room, and one of them I think she probably got it from Jan's daughter, or she might have got it for Christmas. But it's a Grateful Dead. Um, poster <laughs> yeah. tapestry, yeah. and it's got the the bear and all the colorful like tie dyed colors or whatever. And then off in the corner, it just says four twenty. I'm like, <laughs> I I just noticed the other night. I'm like four twenty, huh? I was like, babe, did you know? She's like, and Emma's like, what's four twenty? I'm like, ah, oh, great. Now I even brought it up. I was like, she's like, she doesn't even know what four twenty is. And I'm like. Well, she's yeah. obviously going to Google it when she, you know, when we leave out of her room. So. Yeah, made it. A, now made that it you bring thing. it up, you yeah. might want to have had a conversation. Yeah. Sure you have a conversation mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, Derek, man, I, I, we were talking about this earlier before we, right before you came on, and one thing I have to say is like I don't know who's doing your uh, photos. If you have like a, but man, you have got some killer content on here. It is ridiculous. Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Nothing special. My wife takes a lot of my photos. Uh, we have like an old DSLR Nik- Nikon that we shoot with. Um, but like it's literally, we know nothing about the camera. It can probably shoot way better pictures. Uh, it's literally putting on autofocus. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and point and click or, or my iPhone. Um, if there's a picture in the backyard like of something on the grill, more than likely it was taken with an iPhone. Uh, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah well, nowadays yeah. these these phones have 4K and everything else. But man, I'm I I must have rolled through I don't know how many pictures now I've I've seen. Uh, and every single post uh, grabs me. It gra- it grabs my eye. You know what I mean? Um, which is yeah, it's it's very hard to do that. I mean, you you see one, you see them all. I guess kind of deal. But I really like the spin that you're putting on these and. Uh, I showed John earlier. It, it makes was, my photos look like I took them with a Polaroid. Well, I may have told maybe y'all need to talk afterwards or something. <laughs> but uh, uh, there was one that where you're holding the, uh, the the different. It's almost like a, uh, a a piece of brisket on every finger type deal. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my god, that's that's a killer shot right there. Look at that. Yeah. You know, you yeah. mean he didn't, we're stealing that. He, yeah. Didn't, yeah. <laughs> he didn't take the picture using selfie mode on his iPhone, or <laughs> if he did, you got some skill. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, uh, so when I started this, like, if you can go back, like, I don't know, like, very first food picture number one, like, it was horrible, right? And I was shooting with my iPhone, and my wife's like, hey, why don't you, like, break out the camera that we have that we never use and, and, and take a picture of that? And I'm like, ah, oh, no. I started looking at that picture, and I was like, oh, okay. So I tried breaking out this camera. I reached out to a couple buddies that did photography. I was like, hey, teach me how to, how to use this camera. And they're trying to like walk me through the aperture and the shutter speed and all this <laughs> stuff, right? And I'm like, I don't have time to learn this. <laughs> so uh, I literally came down to lighting. And natural light's best. Shoot from the direction of your light source. And that's kind of uh, what I've what I've kind of subscribed to. And it, it works out. So and then I don't edit like I don't put them in Photoshop or. Like literally, they go from the camera to the computer, airdrop to my phone, and post it to the internet. Like, that's it. Nice. Hey, can we go back just a little bit and try to get like a little bit of a backstory on how you got into 
the 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 barbecue scene maybe what you first started cooking on because going over your 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 instagram i mean you got a lot of grills i mean i see the primo grill which i think you're uh sponsored by there's the um the cotton gin smoker Mm -hmm. Uh, we had we had matt on uh just maybe a month ago or something like that Uh, i've seen uh what else helped me out here he's got that that uh what is it like a I don't know what the hell it is. It's some kind of like heater, but you can put a flat top on top. I saw that the um, oh, it's dude, a pellet. That thing's that thing's really cool, man. It That's like cool. one of the coolest things I have on my patio right it's now. It's like so a, it's like a stove that, top. So yeah, so that right there is just like an outdoor gravity fed pellet heater stove, and it's made by Tyson Traeger, who's the son of Joe Traeger, who started Traeger Drills back back in the day, and um. Yeah, that's that's those timber stoves or something that he's doing, and it's dude, it's, it's super cool. Has a really small hopper on it. They have two sizes. They have a little timber and a big timber. That's the little timber. Uh, the big timber is like that thing on steroids. Um, but literally, throw some pellets in there. I light it with a Fogo Quick Start, shut it, and that thing will burn on that little hopper for two hours and uh, super warm. It heats up from top to bottom. And then it radiates heat, so you're like seven feet tall, and then it just radiates. It's probably 10, 12 feet in diameter. And then it has that uh, that griddle attachment on it, and it, that's a really cool little thing. Yeah, it looks badass. Yeah, I, I've yeah, I've, it, it is pretty badass. Yeah, I, I've seen some of those. Uh, I, maybe I've seen this before, whatever else. But I, I was wanted to ask, that, and you actually just touched on it, is how far it radiates heat, and uh, it was something like like seven, ten feet that you can. You know, of course, in Texas, we don't really get that cold down south in Houston or whatever, but I know in California, y'all do. Um, but yeah, that, so that thing really puts out that much heat, or is it, is it worth the money, I guess is the question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, like, that's something I would buy. So, here's the thing. Like, if, if I wouldn't buy it, I won't promote it. Like, everything okay. you see on my, like, I get stuff, and I'm not trying to, like, like make myself bigger than I am. And I'm really like, I seriously consider myself a nobody when it comes to this barbecue thing. Uh, but I do have the opportunity to test things out and get free product. Uh, and I get, I get quite a bit of stuff. And if I put it on my social channels, it's something that I would stand behind. Nice. So now I'm a big fan of that. And if, you know, I mean, there's a lot of times I get things and you never see them, right? Like, like, like you just won't see them. Right. So, but I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that thing, and yeah, and I would buy one. I actually, I actually want the big timber. Um. So, I, you know, I might end up buying one of those myself because it, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah, I I think those things, and plus he has that old that old timey stove looking, you know, the big stack. It's almost like something that I mean, this, this thing could be in your house probably. It doesn't really radiate that much smoke or anything else as well, right? I'm pretty sure it put off carbon monoxide and you might die. <laughs> you just gotta pipe it outside. You just got to pipe it outside or something, right? I mean, other, other than that, yeah. I mean, you, you're, if you want to die, that's cool. Put it in your house. Yeah, just put it in your house. <laughs> pipe it outside. You're good. Uh. <laughs> yeah, nah. But oh, no, man. yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty cool little machine. It's uh, it, it gets hot too. Like like it gets hot. You know. Living where I live is, uh, you know, it's a, it's an all natural kind of environment. You know, there's no fences or anything like that. You know, I literally have a custom house in the middle of a forest, and you know, there's a golf course and and a bunch of stuff in our community that we live in, and uh, it, it's a beautiful place. But since I've had that, that seems to be like 
the focal point when we have guests over or we're entertaining or, or even just sitting outside ourselves. you know, we, we actually just tend to like pull that thing and light a fire in it. And that ends up being the focal point. We kind of ignore all this, this beautiful outdoor scenery we have. So no, it, it, it's really cool. So, uh, check them out, man. Uh, timber stoves, they're, they're doing some cool things. Uh, and, and they're a great company to work with. They're, I mean, what they asked for was, was, I mean, to be honest with you, it wasn't enough. I mean, it wasn't unreasonable at all. And then it also, uh, there's some room for some growth and, uh, and stuff working with them. So, so yeah, uh, really cool company, really cool product. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. man. And then, uh, got a PK. It's another pretty cool grill I got that my wife actually bought that for me for, uh, was it Valentine's day? So I wanted something that was a little portable, little portable grill. I can take places and, uh, not too heavy, and, and that's a pretty cool grill too. I, that's back there. Yeah, that's the aluminum, right? The all aluminum uh, yes. mm-hmm. style cookers or whatever that they are just they retain heat or they hold heat really well. They get, they get hot really fast. I think uh, probably a yeah, really good steak cooker. Really, if you're gonna cook hot and fast on something grilling, that's kind of a thing to go to. Yeah, no, it's it's a super cool little grill. It's fun to play with. Um, yeah, it's just throw in the back of the truck, take up the hill or whatever, and do a backyard, you know cook on it or something or right. back parking lot cook at work it's great great for for searing steaks um not, who knows i might even try to take it to some sca event and get my ass whooped you know on it but it'd be fun <laughs> i was going to ask you about that are you are you doing any uh any, any competitions in, in california no so um before covid hit i looked at some sca stuff and i uh, wanted to see if there was any in california everyone talks about how fun they are and uh, there was one last year that was scheduled before COVID hit and it was in San Diego, which is like a 10 hour drive for me. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not driving a whole day to go cook a steak. Right, right, <laughs> so, and then COVID hit, but I think as SCA starting to evolve there, there's more events in California. I know there was one in Bakersfield, uh, last week I was actually talking to Rusty Monson, uh, last week about some stuff and he was on his way to Bakersfield to go cook an, an event. So, um, Yeah. That's awesome. So what kind of grill did you actually start with? So my whole cooking journey started, I guess, as a child. So I grew up, you know, with my mom in the kitchen, grandma in the kitchen, and always kind of took a liking to food, Uh, mastered the grilled cheese. You know, that was kind of like five years old, six years old, learned how to cook my own grilled cheese. And then it went from uh, like teriyaki chicken bowls, right? I was a kid growing up, like seven, eight years old. We'd have like these frozen chicken breasts from the big bags from Costco, and kind of making like these chicken bowls all the time. Um, and then I've always just kind of, always kind of took the cooking. And then um, pretty soon after high school, I started my career and my family. My wife and I bought our first house and we were young. And she was 19, I was 20. And uh, we were, you know, we were, we were essentially fresh out of high school, but we had a house, right? So we always had people over. And I think I went to Home Depot and bought like some cheesy gas grill. And I was always kind of grilling on that. Um, but always, always cooking, always in the kitchen, always. I mean, I've been cooking, you know, since I was a kid. Um, and that just kind of evolved to cooking for my family. And then my first smoker, which actually probably like nobody knows this. So my very, very first smoker was probably around. Man, I couldn't even tell you, maybe 2010, 2011. It was when the, 
the barbecue pitmaster show was real big and these guys were like smoking and i was like oh, i want to get a smoker so yep. i got a bradley electric smoker and that was actually okay. a yeah. pretty cool little like cabinet smoker right and i had absolutely no idea what i was doing so like the very so i get the smoker my wife buys it for me for uh, my birthday valentine's day something she buys it for me so i throw on like these chicken breasts and they'll be like these little mesquite wood pucks and it heats up on an element and then after you know, 15, 20 minutes, it kicks it off into a, a little water pan, and then another fresh one goes on the heating element. Like, I fell asleep. So there's like, this thing's loaded up full of chicken breasts, and I fall asleep, <laughs> and I wake up, and it's just like super dry, mesquite, like horrible. Like, you tried to eat it, and it was absolutely horrible. But I was like, well, this was supposed to be dinner. So we shredded it up, threw it in like some canned red sauce, and made tacos out of it. It actually turned out to be edible. So I was able to salvage it. So that's kind of what I started on. And then uh, we do like a little smoke and like, like, I think at the time, Myron Mix, you know, he was real big. And I think I had a, a cookbook from him and, and he made these ranch burgers, right? Like the, the, some Myron Mixon recipe we came across where you take like ranch dressing, put it on a burger and you smoke it and then pull it off after 30 minutes and you stir it on a grill over an open flame. And then that's kind of what, you know, I kind of got into that whole like smoke and, and sear thing after that. And then 2016, I bought a Traeger. And I had seen a Traeger years and years and years ago. Um, and I thought, it, I, I didn't even know what it was, right? I just thought it was a cool looking grill that had some cool little chimney on it. And uh, I looked at the price tag and I was like, I can't justify like I, I got two small kids and a wife at home. Like I can't justify spending a thousand plus dollars on barbecue, you know. Um, so like I was kind of like always wanted one again. Had no idea what they were. Um, then I got in a position in my life where I was a lot more financially secure, making making you know really good money, and and I could splurge. So <clears throat> we bought a new house. We bought this house that we're in. And I told my wife, I go, hey, I'm going to buy this grill, but it's going to be the last barbecue I ever have to get, right? Like, <laughs> That's like, this thing's going to last forever, right? Yeah. And that was, no, that was really the whole plan. That was really no, the whole plan. Like, like, That's how it starts, though. I can, I can honestly hear the conviction <laughs> in your voice that you, you believed that at the time. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so like, here's the, how the whole thing went down, right? So, I spent, like, it was like a Pro, Traeger Pro Series 34, right? It was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a grill. I'm going to buy the biggest and baddest grill I could get at the time related to it. And so I bought this Traeger. And I really had no idea, like, what it did. I, I didn't know shit about pellets. Like, I had no idea. I thought I could cook on it like I could a gas or a charcoal grill. And I had a Weber and stuff before that. But, uh, like, nothing crazy, right? Like, like, it was essentially, like, I thought I knew how to cook. And I would make a bunch of tri-tips and steaks. And I would overcook them and sear them over at open flame. And... At the time, they were good, but looking back on it, it was it was probably just a bunch of overcooked garbage, right? So, uh, like, like it was like time, like it was like three minutes on this side, three minutes on this side. Like, it really had no business <laughs> to even <laughs> saying I knew how to cook. And I'm not saying I know how to cook now, but I've come a long ways. So I got this Traeger, and it was supposed to be the last grill that I ever got. And uh, I got it, and I brought it home, and I used it, and it, the food tasted good. But I hated it. Like, I did not like how it cooked. Like, to cook a steak, it took me, like, 90 minutes or something. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? Right? Like, I'm cooking this thing at, like, smoke or, like, 225 degrees. And, like, like we were supposed to eat dinner an hour ago. My wife's like, uh, is this thing going to be done soon? I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. It's the first time I'm ever right. using it, right? It's almost ready. So, like, I, co I cooked on this thing. 
and I hated it. Like the food tasted really good, but I didn't know how to use it. And I hated it. So I covered it up and it sat on the back deck for a couple of days. And I was like, man, this woman is going to whoop my ass if this thing just rots <laughs> away on this back deck. Like just rust away and don't, and I don't use it, right? Like, like I just spent over a thousand dollars on this. We just bought this, you know, this, this house. And I'm like, ah, oh. so it was at that time I literally started studying barbecue. I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to use this. And it was just like trial and error and then just picking people's brain and, and doing research on the internet and literally became a student of the game. And I'm still a student of the game. I study barbecue every day. If it's reading, talking to, to people, I've had you know the opportunity to meet some great, legitimate pit masters that I've become personal friends with that I can call at any time and pick their brain about things and new grills and, 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 and people that are, that are somebody in the industry. Right. And, uh, I've been a student of it ever since. And that was, uh, 2015. Nice. Nice. Very cool, man. Very cool. Yeah. I was about to say, you're probably, I mean, you're probably rivaling John with amount of grills. Uh, <laughs> I, I think y'all are about the same. I think John probably has a little more, triggers at his disposal but yeah that that's fantastic i I love that at one time i had six and i've gotten rid of them Uh, i'm down to one i'm down to one trigger i do have a gmg david crockett which that is a that is a bad grill like gmg hooked me up with that thing and uh that is a cool grill um just how it folds up and how the legs become the stands and just just how it was built like and here's the deal. Like, I won't not pellet grills. Like, pellet grills are what helped me find my passion for barbecue and my love for barbecue, right? And I think that there is room for the pellet grill on the barbecue scene. I won't, I won't bash pellet grills. I won't bash Traeger. Like, Traeger treated me great, and I have nothing bad to say uh, about them. They treated me awesome. Uh, it just got to a point where I wanted to evolve and say that, I can not only cook on a pellet grill, but I can cook on an open flame that I can cook on a Weber, you know, kettle that I can cook on a ceramic grill. Um, and then I can cook on offset or whatever, like, like whatever you put in front of me, like you give me a bag of charcoal and a shopping cart and I'll produce a damn good steak. I think, right. Like it, it's just all about knowing fire, heat and really cooking, cooking your food to temp. I mean, that's really, people ask me all the time, what, what's the best thing I do to do better barbecue? It's like an instant read thermometer. And that'll up your barbecue game. No, without a doubt, it will. You know, that's that's the uh, that was a game changer for us, even in the competition world, where you know we, we never even thought about using. We didn't have them. Like they they didn't make the instant read. And if you did, it wasn't. I don't know. Like it's back, not like now. Yeah, nothing right. like the thermal works or anything like you have now, or being able to put you know put the th- thermometer into the brisket and have it on the pit and be able to know exactly what temperature it is at all times. You know, when we first started, we didn't have any of that 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 shit. So, right. I mean, we went off of just feel. You know, how does a brisket feel? How right. much color does it have? How, how much bark does it have? And I mean, I think we we could have done a lot better uh, when we first started out. Probably uh, around two thousand, two thousand one, ninety nine, somewhere around there. If we did, if the, if we'd have had something like that, man, I think we could have done a lot better. Uh, yeah, everything was all all based off just time and then touch. Time and touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of knew like if you had like a a fourteen or fifteen pound brisket and you're cooking, you know, maybe two seventy five or three hundred uh, on a hot and fast cook or something that you're like, okay, we're going to look at using tin foil right as your wrapping stage. 
maybe nine hours total, yeah. you know, and then and then your wrap or and then your rest or whatever. But now, I mean, cooking at two twenty five, which that's the one thing I love to be able to do right now is is cook at a lower temperature for a longer amount of time. And uh, I really haven't really thought about it that much until John got his smoker. He got uh, the have you seen online, but he has the Johnny and June. The big Austin uh-huh. Smokeworks, you know, the 500 gallon and the 250 gallon smokers that sit side by side on a, on a uh, a trailer. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. It is, it is, and uh, we we we've we've cooked on both of them, and we end up cooking some briskets on there that took, I want to say, it was close to 16 hours. Mm-hmm. At, cer- at a certain point, and we were like, "Is this thing going to get done? Like, what's happening?" <laughs> Not but, used to that. No, but man, they came out, and it was some of the, uh, it was so tender, but it was just, it was a different brisket than we were than i was normal used to cooking or whatever else and that's really got me thinking like man i want to i want to cook one like at at 204 for like 30 hours <laughs> three know? days yeah you know i don't know i, I mean, uh, it's just gonna be dry as shit we'll see yes. man we don't know no no all kidding aside uh they produce like a, a low slow brisket like at 205 210 in the drum like like that drum, that cotton gin drum I have, um, it makes some good low and slow barbecue. I don't know if you guys have used a drum. I don't know if any all drums cook the same. I have no idea. I can only speak with what I have, the experience that I have. Right. But I'll throw, I'll throw, you know that. I'll put like, uh, I'll throw flame boss on it. You know, just for peace of mind, and I'll set it at two twenty five, two thirty five. And the analog, will, you know, will read like 205, but the Flame Boss is reading or the Thermoworks uh, is reading at, you know, 225, 235. Yep. Um, these, these briskets, like, you know, 17, 18 pound brisket, these things are taking like 19, 20 hours, 21 hours. Like, like it's getting like, like pushing the envelope. I was like, like the first time I did one, I was like, what the hell? Yeah, right. And, are we eating uh, this? I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, last year, so, like, the first one I did, like, I literally got my cotton gin, like, that following weekend, like, I did the, the Fogo takeover, and uh, I finished it with a brisket, right, and, like, it was, like, 21 hours, and I'm, like, on a live, I'm, like, well, it's done, but we're not gonna let it rest, and it was, it was phenomenal, it was, it was, it was just a great brisket, and they consistently are taking me, like, 18 to 20 hours on that thing if I'm setting it, like, 225. Wow, because it, wow. It, it's running a little bit cool. Yep, I think. Yep, and then what's what's your rest time on those? <laughs> it depends. Depends on, on how well I plan. Uh, I try to rest for a minimum of an hour. I would prefer about uh, two, two and a half. Okay, um, is what I would prefer. But a lot of it, I mean, I, I mean, for the most part, I'm cooking for me and my family. Um, so I mean, if it rests thirty minutes, I'm I'm good with that. Why well, like I, that that brisk. That brisket that I posted, I think I did it today, and I posted it the other day. Like that brisket, literally rested for thirty minutes. Okay, okay. It looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it no, does. it does. No, it was, it was good. Yeah, it was good brisket. I was gonna say that's the uh, that's the thing uh, when, especially when you're cooking for your family. Like when you get these little eyes looking on you, like when are we eating? And you're like. Uh, maybe four more hours. Like yeah. sooner or uh, later, they're going to the store. They're going somewhere. They're not listening to it's right. like another another fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah, another right, fifteen right. twenty. Right. Yeah, this is actually a breakfast brisket. We'll have this tomorrow. Right, right. Right. Good night. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm I'm actually going to make a brisket for Easter, and I'm literally so our plan is to, to eat at two o'clock on Sunday, right? So I'm literally putting that thing on the pit at two o'clock on Saturday. Like it's going to hit the pit. 
at two okay. o'clock on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So very cool. Okay. We'll, we'll see. So, so I did see that on your Instagram that you do have a 250 gallon smoker in the works, right? Is that being, um, being manufactured for you? Uh, it is, it is. So I've been in the market for an offset. So I was in the market for a backyard offset for about the past year. And, uh, it, I was I, I fully anticipated getting a backyard unit. I was presented with an opportunity that I could monetize off of. Um, so I was like, "Well, I just need to get a 250." So uh, you know, me and my infinite wisdom, I decided to go with a pit builder that's furthest away from me. Right? Like, there's oh, there's tons of pit builders in my backyard. Right. And there's tons tons of pit builders between between me and Georgia. And it and it really came <laughs> down to to three pits. Like I had it narrowed down to I wanted either a Moberg. A fat stack smoker, which is right here in San Diego, California, or a primitive pit. And um, I think primitive was probably the best priced, and which is I, I liked about it. they all everything like they all have the qualities that I wanted an offset smoker. Like I want a round firebox. Like I I think it's better for my coal bed, right? Like I I would prefer a round fi- firebox based on the information, what little bit of knowledge I have and, and experience with them. Um, like there was just certain things and when it came down to it, um, at the time primitive was the only one that was offering a wagon. I don't think Moberg offers a wagon and fat stack. Like literally I ordered it on a Monday, the following Monday, I think fat stack released a wagon version of their, <laughs> their, uh, their pit. I think they do a 120 wagon. Um, so, so that was it. And I'm all about like, why, right? Like, like, why do we have the greats at, at this height? Why do we have a collector? Why do we have, you know, a, a four inch chimney rather than a two inch chimney or a six inch chimney, right? And and doing some research and looking at primitive and what JD's done with his old CFD and and bringing putting money in and and actually supporting it with with the data, and then talking to the people that I know that have them, um, it, it was a no brainer. So. It's being built. Uh, it starts. They start production on their 250 runs in June, and I should have it in the beginning of July. I'm hoping to get it by July 4th, um, but we'll see. I don't know, but I should have it in July. So yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty stoked about that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Let me I'm ask you when, you when you when you ordered that, did you tell your wife that that was going to be the last smoker you ever need? No, no, I've already told her since then. Like, I fully plan on buying a trailer with two five hundreds on it. Like, that's the plan. That's awesome. <laughs> like, are, you, are you planning on doing like making a career of this, like catering so or yeah, a business or? It, yeah, it's probably going to lead to. So I get off. I get. I get. I get asked to cook with people all the time, and, and I don't like. It's not. It's not a business for me. I'm not in it for the money. And um, I have a great career. I make a, a decent living. My wife makes a decent living. We don't go without. We're not hurting. I actually feel like kind of guilty, right? Like, like so many people were affected by COVID where I've actually thrived. I've actually almost, almost felt guilty for thriving. Um, but uh, it was always kind of the plan, like retirement. Um, I did do an event for a friend um, for a business and they absolutely loved it. And he's like, hey, this was awesome. And you cooked for 65, but, you know, can you do 10 briskets for us? I was like, oh, I could, but no, I can't because I don't have the grill space. Right. So that was like on a Friday, right? So thought about it, thought about it on my drive home Friday night, thought about it Saturday morning, 
sitting there drinking coffee with my wife and I'm talking about it and, and she knows I want to buy like a backyard offset. She knows, you know, I, I'm going to spend some, a little bit of coin and I'm going to buy a pit. And I, and I talked to her about this and I go, you know, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to buy a, a two fifty and see what happens. Like if this is what we or I want to do as a retirement gig, a little side hustle when I retire, like what, why not start chipping away at these big purchases now? So when I'm ready to pull the trigger, like we're up and running and we don't need to buy anything, right? We're not spending 40 grand on, on a trailer and pits and things like that. Like we're up and running. We have everything we need. Just like have at it. Like, like, like do your thing. So I, like called, I called Monday morning and ordered it. Tuesday, I uh, went to FedEx and I overnighted a check to him. That's, that's how I went. That is awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you this uh, total off-the-wall, non-barbecue-related question. So I always like to ask these questions. Let's get to know Derek. So um, driving to work or back there manning your pit, what kind of uh, tunes are you jamming to? What kind of music do you listen to? Oh, man, I listen to everything. Uh, so if it's something at home, so living like this older retirement community, kind of, there's not a lot of young people. So I, I probably kind of get away with just uh, blaring some NWA or something. So I usually, <laughs> if I'm around the pit, it's uh, it, it's like some Johnny Cash, uh, some maybe some classic rock, you know, some Journey, something like that, something on Pandora. Uh, big Johnny Cash guy. Um, doors, I, I like the Doors. So I listen to everything from country to gangster rap to hip hop. I mean, I'm sure you can probably even find some pop or something on my playlist. Right. But, um, yeah, I listen, I listen to everything. What about like a notable concert? Uh, What's the last concert you went to? Oh man, the last concert was probably Kid Rock, and that dude put on a hell of a show. Yeah, I've so heard Kid he's Rock awesome. Put, Is this new Kid Rock yeah, or old Kid Rock? Oh, uh, it's everything Kid Rock. Okay. So so yeah, he literally goes from so it's everything Kid Rock before like what was his rap album like uh, Grits and something. Like he did that, like his very first album was like this hip hop album that flopped was like in the early nineties. And then he came out with, you know, Ba with the Ba and yep. then he just blew up after that. But, uh, so that dude is talented. Like that dude can do more than just sing. Like he literally played every instrument. Like, like he was, he played the guitar, he played the bass. He was, he was on the, uh, turntables mixing like, like throughout his show, he played everything. You know, and the entire time he's just drinking whiskey, smoking weed, has a bunch of hot chicks dancing around him. Like, that <laughs> right, dude put on yeah. an incredible show, man. Yeah. He, put, yeah. he really did. Like, I was fortunate. I, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to see him from the third row, man. And, like, geez, Louise, dude. Like, that dude is awesome, man. Like, talented. Like, yeah, it was probably the best concert I've ever been. I don't even say probably. It was the best concert I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, I'd say he put on a good show. ACDC put on a really good show, um, but Kid Rock, I think, put on a better show. Uh, I've been to a couple Toby Keith concerts, and the first few were good. Then the one, I saw him in Reno, and he played Vegas the night before, and, and he was hammered. He was so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was actually, he was actually being kind of a dick. Like, like, he was, he, yeah, it was just weird. Too many, too many red solo cups, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, he was hammered. Like, we met him backstage. <laughs> my my buddy, he, he used to like drive bus for some country band, and he knows like his tour manager. So like he hooked us up with backstage passes, and we meet him. And like and I got a picture, like his face is beat red, and his eyes are bloodshot. Like, he just looks miserable, dude. And then, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Toby, didn't he play sport? Did what? Didn't he play football? 
Was it Oklahoma State? Uh, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, the big he, dude. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think he played. Guy. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's what a about dude. this? One more. One more uh, uh, personal question. Uh, first car. Any nerd, notable uh, story about a first car? Or yeah, no. So I mean, I grew up in the '90s, right? Like I'm a Japanese import kind of guy. My first car was a '96 <laughs> Honda Civic, brand new in 1996, right? Awesome. Like I was yes. nice. I was, I, I was a spoiled kid. I'm not going to lie. Like I was, I was, yeah, I was a spoiled kid. So I had a brand new car as a kid and big loud muffler and stuff. You know, that was the thing back then, but it was a thing. You didn't wreck yeah. it. Did you? No, no. I ended up, uh, I ended up selling it to a coworker years later. Nice. And then, uh, a few years ago I, I relived my teen years and I had a couple of Subarus, uh, STIs that, uh, I had a, I had a, 16? No, I had a 15 STI, and some dude rear-ended me, and I got totaled. And I've, I've owned a lot of cars. I've never bought the same car twice, and then I replaced it with another STI, a 2016 STI. And, uh, yeah, that car just, it moved. That car wasn't comfortable going, like, 65 miles an hour. That car was comfortable doing, like, 165 miles an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I did <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do that. I'm going to lose my license. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's the last thing I need. Like, and then that—I mean, not that I drove 165 miles an hour. It just like, literally, you'd be on the freeway and you'd go to pass a truck, you know, a big rig or something. And by the time you get to the front of it, you know, you start passing it, you're doing 60 miles an hour. And by the time you get get past it, you're doing 100, right? I mean, it was just like, holy right. crap! Like, it just those cars—it was like, like driving a golf cart, right, or a, a go kart. Like, they just moved. Like, there was there was no play. There was, you know, they're all wheel drive too, aren't they? Oh yeah, they're all wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, those things get up and move. So, yeah, my son now wants one. I'm like, dude, like he's, he's 16 years old, about to get his license in like a month. And I'm like, the last thing I'm gonna do is buy you an STI that has you know 305 horsepower turbocharged car. Like it's not gonna happen. Yeah, like you can it. have my 2017 Toyota Tacoma and be happy about it. There it is. Because <laughs> when you want to resell it, that Tacoma is gonna be worth way more money than that STI anyway. That's true. Those Tacomas, they. The, oh, the value—the resale value is crazy. Yeah. yeah, especially right now, I could probably sell it for more than I paid for it. They're just hard to come by. COVID just just locked everything up. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's the question we always ask: uh, Barbecue fails. Everybody's got them, and if you don't have them, then you ain't you, cooking. Yeah, it, you're man. probably lying. Lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I got I got plenty of them. So, I mean, how many you want? I mean, I could. Just your most I mean, notable you one. Are we, do, are, we, are we doing one. like a marathon? Set? No, no, just <laughs> just the just the most notable one. So well, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Okay, let's hear it. I'll give you a, co- a cotton gin one, right? So I am um, cooking. I cured a pastrami. I cured a brisket to make pastrami, and I have it on the cotton gin. And I go out. Um, to check my fire, open up that front door on it. I think I may have throw some some wood chunks in there. And mind you, it's sitting on my back deck under some canvas uh, like awnings, essentially. And there's a big redwood tree, oak trees hanging over that. And then next to my house, that's made of wood. So uh, check my <laughs> check my little my little door. Throw some stuff in there. I go back in the house, and luckily I had Thermoworks, um, probably like a smoke or something on it, smoke egg, something, monitoring the, the temp, right? Well, I start getting this alert. 
Um, I don't even think I've ever told my wife the story. Good thing she won't listen to this probably. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I go outside and literally there's like four foot flame shooting out this front door, right? <laughs> I didn't lock the front door. Like I shut it, but I didn't lock it. So it's just like, it just gets oxygen, right? And it goes off. Well, what happens? The oh, yeah. astronomy, the brisket starts dropping grease and it makes a bigger fire, right? So I'm like, oh shit. So first instinct was to, to save the brisket. Of course. So reached over, grabbed the handle, burned the crap out of my hand. Uh, was able to get the brisket off and shut the front door, pulled the, pulled the brisket off and um, shut the lid, cut back the oxygen. It took about 20 minutes, but it came down, uh, put it back on, and it was, it was fine. I mean, and it turned out, I mean, I almost burned the forest down. That would have sucked. <laughs> right um right yeah y'all have forest fires there so that that's that's actually a real thing oh no it's a no it's a real thing like i've evacuated before like no it's a, it's a real thing like so like when paradise burned down like we were out there it was just one of the most horrific things i've ever seen like so uh no it's it was it, yeah no it, it would have been bad it would have been fire moves fast i mean you get a little windy day and get a bunch of dry vegetation fire can move you know like five miles a minute like Right, it, it can move. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it, it, honestly, if it wasn't for that thermoworks, like it would have, it would have been really bad. Yeah, that, that actually like that, is very similar to James's story with his brisket on the on the drum. He uh, he left it open for a couple seconds and had his little thermometer with the remote and went inside to do something, and all of a sudden it's beeping. He's going, "What's going on?" Came out and he had a he had a torch going he up. Had the top a four of alarm rager is what he had. <laughs> melted melted yeah. that probe clean in half. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it did. It did. So, yeah, that was bad. But the food was salvageable. I mean, it was, you know, when I cook those briskets on the on the drums or even my ceramics, I cook fat side down. I, I cook fat side towards the heat source, right? right. So um, when I cook on those, if I you know, cook an offset, I'm going to go fat side up. But uh, so to kind of use that as as to kind of protect that that layer. So, I mean, it was it, it was fine. It was a little charred, just peeled right off. Actually, I think it's the charred part stuck onto the grate. And then my other one is kind of a two-part. So years ago, I decided in my infinite wisdom, this was way before I really got into barbecue. I was just like just grilling on a gas, stainless steel gas grill. And I decide, hmm, I'm going to debrine a corned beef. So rinsed a corned beef, soaked it overnight for 24, 48 hours in the water to try to debrine <laughs> it. And cooked it on a gas grill. And it was horrible. We ordered pizza. I love it. Right. And I was like, I was like, this thing's horrible. Like it was salty. It was dry. It was horrible. And, and I'm talking like a corned beef that you buy from the grocery store. Right. Like oh, it's yeah. just sitting in that salt solution for who knows how long. <laughs> so fast forward now, like 10 years or something, I'm doing this whole barbecue thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to tackle that again. I'm going to de <laughs> I'm going to debrine a, I'm going to debrine a corned beef and I'm going to, I'm going to get it right this time. Did it, cooked it probably on a ceramic grill or something. I don't remember what I cooked it on. Same results. It was horrible. We ordered pizza. <laughs> so Lesson. if you ever think about debrining a corned beef, yeah, don't. Lesson learned. <laughs> well, you, Lesson learned. Learned. Yeah. you would think just, it was learned, but then he did it again. <laughs> right. Right. Just go. No, I was just like, I was just like, you know, I, I don't like failures. I, like, I just wanted to kind of, uh, you know. No, I got it. I got <laughs> if it. You no, want, yes. If you want pizza, then just ask for pizza. I mean, <laughs> yeah, on. I wanted to redeem myself. So. But yeah, those th those are like the biggest ones that stand out, right? And, and I, I mean, I screw things up all the time. You know, you, you think something's going to be done. You have guests coming over and 
you don't hit your timeline or things like that. So I'm at the point now, like when I have, when I'm cooking for people, it literally just goes on early. Yeah. And I'll, I'll rest it in a camera. I mean, it'll hold. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing though. I like that. Um, the fact that people know when they come over to eat that oh, it's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. Like, Hey, listen, we're going to eat. But you're gonna have to stay for a little. Drink another beer. It's gonna be ready. Right. Don't worry. Don't yeah. don't rush perfection. You show up to Jan's for dinner, and yeah. people are showing up with Waterburger because they're right. like, it might be a while. No, right. right. Like, I'm bring sorry. a snack. Did you bring an overnight bag? I mean, just in case. Just yeah. in case. You're yeah. not going to miss. Sp- this. Sp- supposed to eat at five, and food's done at eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. definitely a theme over here. But, but you know, the thing is that that we do really well here is that uh, that we will plan a brisket to cook. But still, that doesn't mean that we're not grilling at the same time. Oh yeah, right? we're so cooking we're, everything. Yeah, we're we're doing chicken, yeah. we're doing poppers, we're sausage. There's there's always something, you know. Right. Somebody, somebody's running the store to go grab something to come back and, you know, do pork steaks or right. or whatever. By the time know? the brisket's done, everybody's full. That's right. That's right. Yeah, like in, in the summer months, literally, usually when I get home, like Friday night, like Friday night, or first thing Saturday morning, like I get my grills cleaned up and I load those things up with charcoal. And I usually just, I, I will literally light every one of my grills for the most part. And I just let them burn real, real slow throughout the weekend. And when I'm ready to cook something or someone comes over, like, it's just add some airflow, get it on there. Love that. Cook it when you're done. R- r- cut that airflow down and just let it kind of hum throughout the weekend. If you need to add some fuel, you will. But yeah. And they just kind of burn all weekend. I mean, Fogo's pretty good to me. So I don't, I mean, they take care of all my charcoal needs. Yeah, I like Fogo, man. We awesome. we were doing some, oh, some some jealous devil JD, um, and I really like the Fogo. Honestly, um, how th- th- there's a more of a smokier, more of a barbecue barbecue flavor, flavor from from the Fogo than you, than we were getting with the jealous devil. So we're, we're definitely pleased and happy with the Fogo for sure. Yeah, no, they they treat me good. I think I'm going on year three with them. And Sebastian's just, he's just a great guy. The whole team's, I mean, I feel honored to even be part of the team, right? Like I'm just some schmuck dude, you know, with some small following that cooks in his backyard. And there's just all these big heavy hitters and comp guys and just legitimate barbecue dudes. And then there's me, like, like I don't even know, I, I don't even know how it happened. I, other than Sebastian likes me. I don't know. He, yeah. I have no idea. That's all it takes. He's a super nice guy. That's I have all no takes. idea. He's a great yeah. dude. Like, like he's just a great guy. I can get on the phone with him and it feels like I've been talking to him for ten minutes, and it's been an hour or something. He's just—he's just a great dude. So, and they treat me really good. They—they—they. They, they, I mean, uh, they treat me great. Yeah, that, that's so, something that, that's, that's uh, been been like really like um, uh, great that, that we've noticed on our end, and that, kind of that's why we kind of started a podcast. But I mean, the community of barbecue, everybody's just so nice. Everybody's great. I mean, like we're, I mean, uh, you. You know, graciously coming onto our podcast, and then the other guests that were were able to come uh, on the show, or were able to get everybody's just so nice, and it's so nice to just be able to sit down and just talk barbecue. I mean, that's that's what we would do on day in and day out. Like, hey, what are we going to cook this weekend? Or hey, let's cook or something like that. So, right, I'm just uh, yeah, super blessed. Well, well, I'm not gonna lie, like like California, we have great weathers, but you know, that's really the only thing we really have going for us, and. I don't even know how you guys do it, but I kind of want to like be your neighbor. Like, like where do you live? Like, like what house is for sale on your block? Because I want to <laughs> hang out with you guys all the time. Bro, come hey. on down. We're literally all on the same street. <laughs> we are. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. a good time. Like, how, how, how do I get in that club? 
<laughs> hey, you just got to move to Texas first. That's just make the plunge, and uh, the rest is history at that point. Yeah, well, it it, uh, it might happen. I don't know when, but uh, but we're not. I, gonna... I, I I would like to leave the state, but who knows? Yeah, well, everybody loves. Uh, I mean, Texas has all the weather. Right? It depends on where you live. Uh, you you can have all the climate, uh, but eh, where we're at, you're not going to get <laughs> that much of a winter. Uh, but your summer, right? Whew. You're not going to get a spring or fall either. But it's going to be blistery. A little it's, like living in an yeah. armpit. Right. It's very humid. It's uh, you, you can feel it. It's good. It's good for your skin, though. So, Great for yeah. your skin. so they tell you. Yeah, I don't know. So, so, so I got a question for one of you guys. Yes. Who was it that had their electricity company just like bend them over hardcore? Which one? That was me. That's Jan. That's me. Yeah. Dude, what the hell? So yeah. I'm listening to your podcast and you tell the story. Like, isn't that against the law? Like, it, there has to be some. It should be a crime to be able to like, like. I'm pretty sure every state has a price gouging law, don't they? They they do. Yeah, Texas does have one. The, the problem is that once you put your once you we have my bank card on on file. Once I put my bank card on there, I couldn't remove it. So well, they just well, auto debited, auto debited, <sighs> auto, and so. The only thing I could do at that point was was put a credit card down on it and remove my bank card. But even then, it was still going to just charge the uh, the credit card. And then I had to call the credit card company and say, uh, dispute that. I'm not paying that. So <laughs> Cancel. But, cancel. But the problem was at that point, I'd already paid almost all of it at that point. I, it was almost uh, all of that, it was paid that, on, on my bank card versus it was only a couple hundred dollars that went to my credit card. Everything else was on my bank card. So, uh <laughs> So that's crazy. So, but there's another part to this. So yeah. I'm listening to you tell the story on one of the episodes, right? And they're charging you like so much per kilowatt or whatever it is, right? With yep. like Nine nerdy dollars. electrical guru stuff, right? Yep. So I was just like, well, dummy, like I'm literally like, like, give me this guy's number so I could call him a week ago and tell him like, why don't you just go t- flip your power switch off and run what you needed on a generator? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean that, I mean that would have been the common sense thing to do like just if they're charging you too much just turn turn the switch off. But well, maybe that, you didn't know about it. No, so that that, that was the, that was the give or take. So it, it was freezing down here. So you know, it's 16 degrees. We were worried about the pipes breaking and everything else. So I was like if we can have some heat in the house, that might stop. So if, and down in this area, we there's thousands of houses, thousands upon thousands of houses that probably still don't have water right now or wow. uh, it was just a massive freeze. We're, I, 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 I work in the fire protection business. So we have a lot of businesses that we're dealing with steel. They don't even have sprinkler systems because those pipes busted uh, throughout. So it's, it, it's actually, that, that's the only reason why I ran. I was like, we need heat. I, I don't want to be gutting my whole house. Because Plus you have kids at the house. Yeah, we have kids, but I mean, I, I at that point I'm like bundle up, you know, I mean, I, I would have bundled up, but <laughs> I didn't want to pay, you know, or be, be without a house with no right, water. Plus, you didn't have a generator. Right. Yeah, I didn't have a generator either. But So, is your heater ran on electricity? Uh, my heater gas. is natural gas. Uh, but, what, so my, but my fan. But it takes my, yeah, my, electricity my, to blow it. Yeah, we have blower and everything else. That's, that's all electricity, whatever. Uh, but the, the, the amount of electricity, like for lights or whatever, that was minuscule. But at nine dollars a kilowatt, like <laughs> run a microwave and you're you're paying thousand dollars. You're paying, you're, you're paying you sixty bucks. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
So that's crazy, man. Yeah, no, I feel I felt bad for you listening to that. I was like, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I know. I, I was like, that that that's criminal, dude. That that that, that shouldn't happen. Right. There's yeah. there's a class action lawsuit that they're they they put together. So hopefully, you know, they'll be able to. I don't know, like. Get some of your money back right. or whatever. Like, Thirty years from now, you're going to get a check in the mail. Yeah, I mean, I hey, listen. If you want to tell me I'm going to pay, you know, twenty cents a kilowatt or thirty cents a kilowatt, I'd be like, okay, I'll pay it. Whatever, nine dollars a kilowatt. That's right. really good electricity. It was the best electricity <laughs> yeah. you could buy. Okay. No, that that that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah. that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I was listening to that and I, I actually felt bad for you. Makes you like, cringe a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like 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 nobody no company should be allowed to do that, right? Yeah, I hope you're not with like them that, anymore. That. No, no, I'm not. Well, yeah, you know, the other thing is they're not even allowed to sell. It wasn't even their fault. That, that, that was the other part. You know, we had a company called Gritty. Uh, they're, they're not even allowed to sell in Texas anymore, and it wasn't even their fault. It was the ERCOT. It's, it's who sells the electricity to them. They were being charged $9 a kilowatt, so they charged us $9 a kilowatt. That's horrible. So it's like they, it wasn't their fault. They didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah. so I don't know, but whatever. All right, uh, no, Derek. I, I, I felt bad for you guys. <laughs> we're, that was Derek, horrible. We're running a little, little, little long. Uh, can we go ahead and um, can you? Can you? Uh, first of all, like, what's uh, what's in the pipeworks for you now? Do you have anything planned for the horizon? And uh, we'd love to hear your your uh, where we can reach you as far as uh, websites or social medias and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I got a couple big projects I'm trying to get off the ground. One is uh, stuff to do with the, the 250 and, and moving into some catering stuff. Um, so that's that's literally like priority number one right now. Um, I, I actually do have a podcast on the horizon. Um, you know, we started that barbecue briefing thing over Zoom last year uh, when COVID first hit and everybody was, was first on lockdown. And uh, it was cool, but it was live and it was hard for scheduling and people couldn't make it but everybody was like hey make this podcast make this podcast yeah so it didn't last long um but i had a great time doing it and then i've continued to get the hey make this a podcast make this a podcast make this a podcast so that's actually gonna happen uh hopefully sooner than later um i haven't really set a timeline on it but it, it should be should be right around the time uh, I'm getting the pit when, I, when I'm getting the offset. So uh, there is a podcast that will be, be coming out. Love to have you guys on, uh, do some co-promotion stuff. Okay. And then uh, on the back burner, uh, hopefully I can get it up off the ground by the end of this year will be a, a spice and seasoning company. There you go. Awesome. Nice. That's awesome, awesome man. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's, that. so, that's, so, that's, so that's on the horizon. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, you know, We'll see what happens. Very cool, man. I like that. I like the. I like the fact. I like the energy uh, that you bring. Uh, just speaking with you, and I, and I look forward to hearing the podcast. I think you're going to do well with it. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. Well, I spend. Uh, you know, I've spent the last you know 20 years interviewing people, kind of professionally. You know, I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people, so it was like, well, let's let's talk about something cool. Like, and I've made some great relationships with people on Instagram, some guys that I talk to on a daily basis, and. And we just get on the phone and we talk barbecue almost every day, um, you know, and, and it's cool. So it's just like how many people would would benefit from listening to and hearing these conversations. And the whole thing, like, like the whole thing with, with it's not so much a barbecue podcast. It, we're going to incorporate a lot of like the social media influencer stuff. 
And the whole thing related to like when we first started over Zoom was bringing owners and companies on and people that are managing brand ambassador teams. And it was like, what is it you look for? Because you see it way too often. These guys on social media do all these gimmicks, right? Or they see somebody else do something and it's successful and they try to uh, duplicate it or copy it. And then they don't give credit where credit's due and they're not, they're not original, right? And they're doing these gimmicky things that they don't need to do because they think that they need a hundred thousand followers to get right. free grill or they need a hundred thousand dollars to get, uh, you know, compensated for something. And everybody thinks that they should be compensated. Very few people on Instagram from my, from what I know are getting compensated, right? Like, like very, very, very few people are. And, um, you know, like you don't need to do that. Like, like my account is small. Like I, I, I think I might have 11,000 followers. I don't really pay attention to it. To be honest with you. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter to me if I have, a hundred thousand followers or 3000 followers. It really doesn't matter to me. I've thrived. I've done well for myself. And a lot of it has to do with, I think how I conduct myself, um, which isn't like what you see from me on Instagram is who I am in real life. Like I don't put on this persona that I'm somebody, right? Like, like this is who I am. Like I stand up for what I believe in. I call people out when they're doing silly stuff. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to speak my mind, but I do it with tact and you know I, I try to be just a good person and that's really who i am in real life like i don't put on this this persona that i'm somebody um i'm just some some schmuck that cooks in his backyard for his family and i just happen to to be able to make some relationships so uh but you see these guys doing all this gimmicky things all the time and it's like you don't have to do it yeah you just you just gotta this is what they look for they look it's called social media so sebastian i had a conversation with sebastian early on and he's like, it's called social media for a reason. Yeah. You got to be social. Be social. We want guys that are engaging. We want guys that respond to people's comments. We want to see them engage the audience when they're promoting a brand. That's what we look for, right? And and that's really what it's about. So, and a lot of it is, is how you conduct yourself. Right. Like right. if right. I'm if I'm a business owner, and I want you to represent my brand, like, like. And I'm not trying to, to, to call anybody out or say anything. Yeah, but yeah. If, yes, call if them you're out. Belligerently, no, if you're getting belligerently <laughs> drunk to the point where you have to apologize the next day right. or people can't understand what you're saying or you're on there smoking dope and stuff, like, is that someone that I want representing my brand? Yeah. I mean, right, if I right, sold, right. You know, you know if I I sold mean? drugs, no. yeah. If I sold pot, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, pick that dude. Yeah. If I'm selling yeah. grills, no, that's not who I no, want. No, right? Yeah. So, so. So, you know, you don't need to have this big following to be successful in this thing. You just, you just need to be original. You need to be social and just be a damn good person. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. So that was the whole thing. And that's kind of the, the path that, that barbecues, you know, the, the podcast is going to take is bringing these, these, these people on talking about their success and talking about, and I don't want to say failures because I'm not a guy to use failure, right? Like they're learning experiences. If I make that same mistake twice or three times, okay, then it's a failure. But <laughs> right. it's learning experience. No. Like yeah. it's it's like a learning experience. I now know to make sure the front door of my cotton gin is closed before I walk away from it. That's right. That's <laughs> right? right. It was a learning yeah. experience. That's right. Yeah. So for I sure. I don't look at them as failures. I look at them as learning experiences. And I I want to share that with other people and I want other people to share their experiences with the audience uh, to make everybody better and help people thrive. 
you right. know, in the few episodes of the barbecue briefing that we w- did do over Zoom, we were able to connect people to brands and get them hooked up with product or product promotion, things like that. So there was a lot of uh, co-promotion going on and, and, and getting people hooked up. So uh, that's part of it. You know, I want to bring people on. So many people have, you know, left their day jobs to, to pursue barbecuing and has failed and talk about their experiences and, and why they were failures and, and you know, what's, what they would do better next time and, and things like that. So um, that w- that's going to be the whole kind of premise of it, right? Is, yeah, is I love it. Le- learn from us. This is how you can get connected to people, you know, um, and, and how you can support the people you care about. Like everybody has a link tree and in, in, in they're, I'm sure you guys have some type of link trees or links in your guys' bio, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so that's how a lot of people support their content. Most of them have links for their sponsors, and when they someone uses that link to buy a product, yep. like that is they get a small percentage of it, right? And it can only be a couple bucks. But for some people, that couple bucks might mean their next cook, right? So if there's people out there on social media that you really want to support, like get behind there and use those links. And a lot of people don't think about it, and myself including. Like when I wanted something from ThermoWorks, I would just jump on the ThermoWorks website and order it rather than be like, ah, oh, those guys from Rabbit and the Biscuit, they probably have a, a, a ThermoWorks you know, link. I'm going to use that so I can, I can help support them, right? right. So and it's just like a whole educational thing. No, that's good. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I think that's, that's definitely an original uh, thought uh, process behind that and whatever else. Um, I, I'd also say when you get ready to do the, um, the, the catering, whatever, reach out. I mean, I, I, know, I know that... Uh, some of these guys here have, have done, you know, the 60 people, the 100 people, the 200 people, the, the 500 people cooks. Uh, it can be kind of daunting and whatever else, but uh, I, my, my one thing would be like reach out to, to your friends and family like and put their ass to work. <laughs> That's what works for <laughs> yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I, like so when I do like, and again, I, I don't do catering, right? Like I do do some things, but I'm the kind of guy like everything gets brought in Cambros and dropped and walked away like i don't serve like i'm not going to sit there and serve you no food like for one because i've been cooking for probably the last 20 hours the last thing i want to do is serve you food <laughs> you know what i mean right so mm-hmm. i'm trying to like like you know open this up to a little side hustle business opportunity for my adult daughter like like hey you know while you're in college and stuff like why don't we just kind of you open a business so when we have these things i'll be like hey this is what i do for food if you want people to serve my daughter has this little, small little company. Her and her friends can come out and serve or whatever, right? So, uh, I don't think she's real key on it. You know, she's she's a busy, busy college student and athlete. So, um, but you know, it's something that uh, that we can get the family involved in someday, hopefully, maybe. <laughs> I'd, I'd love that. I love that. Hey, Derek. Hey, thank you for uh, joining us on the show. We really do appreciate it. It's been really fun and and uh, really informative. So. Hey, uh, thank you for coming to the show, and I really hope uh, we maybe can get you back on uh, uh, a little bit later on. Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. Uh, is it cool if I shoot some plugs out? Absolutely, yeah. So, so you guys can find me on my Instagram at Freedom So Hard, all one word. Um, pretty much on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter. Uh, it's all Freedom So Hard. Uh, big shout out to Fogo, uh, Primo, Primo Ceramic Grills. They treat me really well. Um, Trigger Creek, those guys are, are, are treating me really well. Um, Porter Road, again, go 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 buy yourself some high quality meat from those guys. Thermoworks, they treat me good. Just 
I'm sure there's people I'm missing, but anyone that supported me along the way, I appreciate all you guys. I appreciate, you know, uh, I don't want to say my followers, but I, I appreciate the people that are monitoring my content that have been with me from, from day one. And I appreciate you guys having me on. So thanks, man. Uh, love to, uh, love to come back and chat and whoever is in California, if you're ever in Northern California, if you're a visiting family, look me up and uh, let's barbecue. I'll have you over and it'll make you a good meal. Absolutely. I'll take you up on that. Let's make it happen. Thanks, guys. Hey, All right. yeah. hey thanks, 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 man. Yep. All right. See you guys. All right. Bye. That dude loves what he's doing. I know. Yeah. He does. It's oh, a passion, tell. right? Yeah. And you can I, tell. That's what I love about connecting with people that, you know, I mean, obviously he's, he's been cooking for a while and, and he's he's been going through this whole social media thing and, and whatever. But I, I love when you hear that in somebody's voice and how much they really care about what they're doing. You can tell yes. this is definitely a passion for him right mm-hmm. and it's not it's not like a nine to five job you know that's what right. a job is right? right everybody has a job here that they hate doing and they they want to kill themselves every time they go there and <laughs> be some uh, love their job. I like you know, my job. They, they just well john i'm, I'm speaking okay and, and we all hate those those type of things and uh but that that right there that is a passion that you can tell this guy is like and it's not about the money right this dude's going to go out and he's going to follow this thing and he's going to say, this, this is what I want to do. This is this is it. Um, it's infectious. I love that. It is, Churning yeah. out some good stuff. I, I love the I love the stories. I mean, yeah. this is this is the kind of stuff. I mean, it's a podcast. So Story it's, time. It's TV for your ears. So, it is. <laughs> uh, so hearing the stories while you're driving to work uh, and, and that the passion that this guy brings is, is obviously, like you're saying, is contagious. I mean, people love to hear that and and – I, I hope and uh, you guys uh, go check out his content. Yep. Go at, check out his pages. I mean, look at those so killer hard. ass pictures and food he's putting out. John, we need to get a DSL camera. That's right, Nikon. We might already have one. I, in I the don't know. Denny has a couple. Of them. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I fun podcast, man. So definitely appreciate it. We should do this again. I don't know. Let's maybe we'll do another one. Do it again next what, week. You want to do another one? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, Alden. Sure. You want to maybe. Give the people the business where they can get a hold of us? Uh, yes, I can do that, guys. We want to hear it. Uh, well, you know what to do, man. Just go to grabthebrisket.com. You can find everything there, man. Um, pretty soon, you know, this uh, little interview we just did will be up there. It'll be uploaded. You'll be able to find it. You can find other stuff. You can find merchandise. You can find just bios about us, you know, figure out who we are. You know what I mean? So um, but go check it out, guys. Grabthebrisket.com. Beautiful. Absolutely. And Beautiful. Uh, head over to Patreon. Sign up. Our Patreon is live. And there are episodes you will find on Patreon that you will not find anywhere else. That's correct. It, Old episodes and also new episodes that no, are exclusive to Patreon. No wonder that I couldn't crazy. listen to that shit. Right? Yeah. That's because you don't know where to get it at. Sign up. I don't even have a Patreon account. Okay. Well, sign up. Well, God damn it. What is the internet? I don't know. <laughs> what are the interwebs? I don't know. Okay. Hey, we right. appreciate it. Hey, Thanks enjoy a lot. talking barbecue yep. with you guys. Peace. We've been great. Thanks, Thanks. everybody. We've been great. <laughs> That's Matt's sign off, by the way. Boom. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. Right, we would like to give a special thanks to Fogo Premium Hardwood Lump Charcoal, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Coolie Nation Custom Koozies. Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Cooler, the Smoke Sheep Barbecue Newsletter, and Texas Brew Hopper. We appreciate their support. Y'all guys go check them out.